Have you ever watched an apocalyptic sci-fi movie and wondered, could any of this really happen? I'm Carrie Bechet, and on Hypothetical, we explore what-if questions two ways, through speculative science fiction and through insight from the world's most brilliant scientists. And spoiler alert, your favorite sci-fi movies aren't nearly as far-fetched as you may think. Time travel with me into our possible futures on Hypothetical. New episodes every Tuesday available on all podcast apps. That's Hypothetical, H-Y-P-E-R-T-H-E-T-I-C-A-L. Hey guys, it's Malls. Thanks so much for listening to Please Advise. Just a quick message before the show. Don't forget to subscribe in iTunes. It's super helpful for us and super helpful for you. You can also call 323-450-7408 to get your calls on the show. Again, 323-450-7408. Or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thanks so much. Hey guys, it's episode 168 of Please Advise. Today it's just Christina and I, and we want to catch up with you. Just like about. Well, we want to catch up with each other and with you. Yeah, we want to catch up with each other, with you via us catching up with ourselves <laughs> together. Is that right? I think that's right. Um, so, Christina, what's going on with you? What's new? Um, I'm trying to think because I, I went into a little bit over the last couple of recordings, but like I was in New York for a little bit to see my family. Yep. Uh, I have my new niece and my dad because he's been having some health stuff going on. So I just wanted to make sure, you know, I think that's relatable for our, a lot of, a lot of our audience is like a parent with a health issue, which is something that like, thankfully, by the way, today's father's day. Yeah. I so, talked to him today. Happy yeah. father's day to Willie. I should text my stepdad and my brother. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Is, is he having a good Father's Day? I think so. It's double Father's Day for him too. Is this the <laughs> first one with the new baby? Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, it's so exciting. It's it's both shocking and not shocking that your second niece. It's her first Father's Day. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like she's been around for a year already? I mean, it's like when you're pregnant, it kind right. of like you're you know you, the life. I don't know. It's like you're cognizant that this thing exists. And then, it feels like she's been around for a long time. Yeah, than like she, has. she was highly anticipated by the time she arrived. Exactly. <laughs> so, with your dad being sick and everything, with mm-hmm. you being far away, that's like I think probably an interesting, interesting conundrum for a lot of our listeners. Um, what's that been like for you? You know, it it it's been a little bit hard, and it's hard not to feel guilty. Of course. It's hard not to feel guilty that you're not taking on your fair share of the work that's involved with having a, a sick relative. It's also you feel guilty for living such a carefree life. I too. mean, I, I think that a lot of people feel guilty for not being able to go home for Sunday dinner. Yeah. Let alone some of the bigger stuff yeah. in life. And like it's something that your family. The good thing is that you're cognizant of it because like. Yeah. A lot of people when you're far away from something, it's hard to imagine being close to it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and I think that. It's sometimes I find myself having a hard time not remembering that everyone at home has a life, but like picturing them in their everyday life. Yeah. And like, you're like, well, they didn't answer my call. What could they possibly be doing at this moment? Like, right. But it's like they're juggling a lot of things. You have no idea what their life is like sometimes. And the other thing that's really um, difficult was that like to see how much when I was there to see how much. um it kind of wore on people, wore yeah. them. Yeah. So I was like, if I was here, it would be a lot easier for them. Right. Um, you think so? Yes. 
just in terms of like there's another hand to help watch right. him and like less steps you have to think about and involving other people and seeing who's free and also just like him like he and I have a relationship that's like he really really loves me obviously because I'm his daughter but there's something like he listens to me when I tell him to take his medicine like he like I lift his spirits when I see him that's why I go because I know it means so much to him yeah I think there's also a guilt that comes along with being very sick yeah where he's like even just this small load you were able to lighten this week yeah was huge for us yeah you know and I feel like you know you can either wind up maybe feeling resented or feeling guilty if you're the sick party. And I think it's really difficult for the people who are actually like actively taking care of someone not to feel like for lack of a better word, a little put out at a certain point. Yeah. It's also just like, it's hard. It's, and this is someone, this happens when you're dealing with people with mental health issues too. Right. It's hard when you're not the person dealing with it. You try to have the most empathy you can because you can't even imagine what, like, like for example, living with pain, chronic pain every day is like. Yeah. And you know that person well enough to know that they are really trying their hardest to get better. Yeah. But it's still, they're not progressing and it's not their fault, but there's a little bit of frustration you feel, you know, for the the situation not changing. Um, and that's not to say, like, I feel guilty for having that feeling or whatever, and I'm not even knowing I, – <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to process right now. But they both worked hard for me to be able to have the life that I do have. It's true. Yeah. And, like, if I left that, it would be for nothing, you know? Yeah. So. Your parents are wonderful people. And, like, I, you know, when Chris Medina came here, he said something which is, like, you know, the person you should be worried about is your mom. And I think that that... Oh, yeah. I checked in on her a lot that week. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that, like, is... That's also why it's important to, like, pay, like, credence to what she said. Because I think she's the one that is kind of, like, living for everyone to be okay right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, she's... This is the right thing for you to do. Yeah. I'm so sorry to hear that because it's so difficult and I thankfully, you know, like the part of my life where I was really worried about people's health, it was, it was over by, by the time I was 20, uh, with my grandparents and my mom is so young. I'm not really worried about her in that way, but I know that so many of our listeners are in that space because we get calls from them with their sick parents or their parents who have recently passed and like that's. Part of what I wanted to do today's episode is just kind of let you know, like, where we're at, I guess, in our lives as people who host this podcast giving advice. Because, obviously, a big part of Please Advise is that we are not any more qualified than any of you to give advice, which is why we've had guests on the show and reached out to tons of different types of people. It's because we are also people who are in the middle of a lot of stuff right now, whether it's, like... At times over the years, job transitions, relationships, parent stuff, uh, different stages of our friendships or whatever, moving, all sorts of stuff. We've all been in uh, – the two of us have been in transition. And I think it's uh, important for our audience to kind of know who we are right now because, yeah. you know, the last thing I want when someone calls is to be like, 
you know, you guys were dismissive, or you were mean, or, you know, maybe you started listening at the beginning and you're, you've seen some changes in us, but we're not really transparent about it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this, I hope this episode, episode can kind of like offer that a little bit to people, just some perspective of where we're at in our lives, because you guys share so much with us. That's the other big thing too, is you're very, very intimate with us. And like, we can't always say that we do that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 100% ourselves, especially Christina. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to be better about it this year. Here's the thing. You are good at it. I've just like, I've known how to reflexively tell 70% of the truth of whatever I'm talking about yeah. for years. Right, and like, right, right, you know, right, right, so yeah. like there's something I'll say something. It'll sound like a definitive sentence, but like it's not the whole truth or the whole reality of the situation. Um, yeah. And I recently realized that like I had an experience fairly recently. I'm having a lot of experiences fairly recently. Good. That was like, um, you know, when you emotionally unload on someone just because like you click right away. Yeah. Right. And you realize, like, that person's totally accepting and they're, it's not shocking. And you tell them things that, like, maybe some of your, like, casual friends don't know. Some of your good friends don't know. Right. And it's just, like, unfurls overnight and you connect with that person. And it's nothing, like, you get, and it's cathartic to get all that stuff out, right? Right. You realize that, like, yes, these things are very personal. Right. But it's cathartic to get a lot of that stuff out. Because a lot of good stuff comes in. Yes. And so it's like, it's vulnerable and it feels awful, right? Because you're like, oh my God, what is this person going to think of me the next day? Like, I'm, that I'm like barely a functioning human being. No, no. But, <laughs> but um, you need to get that stuff out because then you're, it just like opens you up and like opens room for goodness. And that's what I'm starting to realize. And so it's like being more transparent right. about stuff really lets that stuff it might go wrong i might trust the wrong person and that's gonna happen but i will see that like, i think I, it'll yield more rewarding and deeper relationships for the long run i always feel like i'm on the other side of that a lot like yeah. i'm the person that people like i sit down with someone and all of a sudden like I'm 12 years deep in their life. Like, they're telling me everything. That's usually me, yeah. Yeah. But it was, like, something, like, it was mutual this time. And there was something in that mutual expression that also just, like... Was great. Yeah. And I will say that, like, as the person that will sometimes wake up on the other end of it and be like, wow, I can't believe they told me all that last night. It's always... It's never a big deal. Like, I've never, like, judged someone for something they've said like that. And it's I think it's because when someone comes to you and they bare their soul and they're honest, like, I think that it happens to me a lot because people are like, oh, well, she's so open. I'll just tell her whatever. She she can hear it. And I'll be honest with you. Like, it's only in those moments where people are expressive with me that I feel normal. Yeah. Because I walk through life being like, oh, my God, I'm so, like, overly honest and, like, such an open wound. And then I hear other people talk and I'm like, first of all, I thought I had problems. (laughs) (laughs) Secondly, like, it's so nice that that person felt comfortable doing that. So I think it's actually, like, as much as, like, you're thinking about the vulnerability of opening up to someone, and that's definitely definitely a part of it. I think it's important to remember how much people appreciate being opened up to. Yeah, it's like as high as the compliment. That's the as thing you I worry about. 
is that they don't, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I can't speak for everyone. I've learned that by now. But, like, you know, no. I mean, I think that when you are in a place, especially you, you're so guarded. (laughs) When you're in that place, like, as long as it's not, like, drunken sobbing. Like, I can't imagine. (laughs) You know what I mean? It wasn't. Yeah. That's a mess. Do you know what I mean? Like, we've all been there, too, where someone's like, and you're like, (laughs) oh, my God. Like. And I think even in those times, you're just like, I hope that person gets the therapy they need. You know what I mean? Or that, like, they drink less or that they don't go out right now. But as long as it's not that, and even in that, I don't think there's a lot of judgment. I think that people do really appreciate it. It's, like, kind of a universal – it's kind of a universal thing. I mean, have people ever opened up to you and you're like, eh. (laughs) You know? Like – I wish they hadn't. Have you ever had that? I've had things where people have shared things about other people with me that I'm like, I would pay a million dollars. sex things? No, like, just like, oh, so-and-so's, you know, girlfriend is really shitty. And they cheated here, here, and here. And I'm like, well, I love so-and-so. And I fucking love their girlfriend. Like, I don't need to hear that. When, but I was, like, when I was in my 20s, one of my friend's moms was talking to me about, like, the decline cl- in her marriage. And she was like, we only have morning sex. And I'd be like, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm I've actually... had that. I mean, well, you you guys oh. always tease me because I'm, like, so shy about sex. But, like, I'm definitely the last person like, when someone pulls over the car to drop you off for the night or something, <laughs> and, like, you're just sitting in their car because you're, like, I'm not going to just get out and, like, be like, peace, thanks for the ride. And they just start, like, telling you, like, my boyfriend doesn't fuck me right and, like, all this shit. <laughs> and you're just, like, first of all, why me? Like, why was I chosen for this gift? Secondly, like, that's some shit. Like, my mom always used to say, like, the truth comes out in the car and it really does like that's where you have 90 percent of your like real eye-opening conversations yeah and uh yeah that can be really awkward i feel like when someone gets into the sex stuff for me anyway but like even with your friends or well if it's like somebody's mom like oh no like no i mean like my peers you know like you're not gonna have a sex in the city not that i would have a sex in the city style brunch but like I actually was thinking of that last night because, like, I was reading, like, this, like, little paragraph about feminism or something. And it was, <laughs> just one paragraph? Just I'm reading a pair. I'm at home on a Friday just reading a pair. Saturday reading a little paragraph about feminism. By the way, we're recording this on a Sunday, uh, as, as we said. Normally we record on Saturdays, but Christina and I are going to do this mini up and then another up solo today. Um... Yeah, and it was like, you know, girls can do whatever they want. Women can be, you know, just as, like, naughty, talking talking about naughty bedroom stuff with their girlfriends as guys do with theirs. And I was sitting there being like, please don't. Like, <laughs> male or female, please just leave me alone. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't need to know about, you know, and it sucks because, Which like, surprises me because sometimes you can be very candid with me about your sex life. I know, and I don't actually really mind it. I just... 
I just I don't know. I think it I, I think it's so that's where vulnerability gets too real for me. And I also like <laughs> actively try not to well, I don't even try. I just actively do not ever think about my friends having sex. I don't think about my friends having sex either. I know, but like then how is everyone supposed to talk about it without ever thinking about like, it? Like picturing it? That is that where you get hung up? Is that you picture it as they're talking about See, it? See, this is a, yeah, I wonder if it's because I oh. have if my imagination is just like that's how I process information <laughs> is I try no. and picture it, which is probably a very childlike way of understanding I can't the world. I finally understand what's wrong. No, don't picture it. Just like, I don't listen. Know, I don't know how to listen and not picture it. <laughs> Like, close your eyes. Okay, you're standing so in the whole woods. Time... You see, God, like a meditation tape, for example, where they're like, <laughs> okay, you see a golden light. Like, that's how I literally, like, absorb information. Like, I didn't know that that wasn't normal. Like, what do you do? You just space out? I mean, I... like, what, do you, what is your brain doing when, that, when a person's talking? I don't know. <laughs> I don't space out. I'm listening to what they're saying. <laughs> right. And like, okay, so, like, why is... Why is the sex with this woman's boyfriend not good? Like, But, like, when someone says words to you, do you picture the physical letters in your head or do you picture images of the of the description? I'm just... Maybe this is because I'm an auditory learner. Maybe. And I can just, like, listen and not... I can't... I'm looking at... Like, I'm looking at you right now talking to me. I'm not picturing you. Like, what are you picturing when I'm talking to you right now? Well, I'm... I'm, we're talking about the moment right now. So, yeah, but like, is your like, are you looking at me and observing me, and like your mind isn't picturing no, but anything when else? You were right telling now? me a story about like your dad, for example. Yeah, like I could see you sorting out pills in my head. Okay, and I could see your dad like being sick on the couch, and then I could see you having a conversation with your mom where it came up. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Okay. So like that's where. My mind moves in stories like that. Right. But, like, I – and I thought everyone did that, which is so fucking trippy. Maybe I'm different. Maybe I'm the one that's, like, weird. I don't know. I mean, I maybe we're just things. two different styles of learning or something. Yeah. But, like, it's always interesting because I also don't consider myself probably also large in part due to my eyesight being so bad. I don't really, like – I'm not a visual person, do you know what I mean? I imagine my brain works somewhat like a blind person. Okay. If a blind person had... No. You don't have, like, synesthesia, do you? What's that? It's like you can see colors, like certain sounds. No, 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 no. Like, I don't or hear... Or, like, shapes and I shit. I don't hear red. Do you know what I mean? Um, no, I don't know. And I'm probably, like, miscategorizing synesthesia, so I apologize in advance. Yeah, we don't want to be ableist here on Place Advice. Which, Why are you but, laughing about that? Because if you could taste the color green, that's dope. That's not a handicap. I mean, it is, I'm sure, probably hell for certain people to live with because I can't imagine, like, wanting to eat this blue microphone. But, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it's funny that, that that's how I think about pictures, like, while you're talking and that... You can turn that part of your brain off. Yeah. Well, now that we got to the bottom of that, I have a question. What? What's been going on with you? In what way? I don't know. Just. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm working a lot. Okay. 
but I'm also sleeping a lot. Yeah. Like, I basically don't move from my bed unless I'm going to, like, a meeting or Starbucks or, like, whatever. I mean, I sit in my office, too. I don't really move from the top floor of my house. Like, Logan's living downstairs right now, which is great. But I also find myself using the downstairs a lot less. And I would say the plus side of this is that there was, like, three months of this year where I literally did not leave my bed unless it was for a meeting. Like, one thing I have noticed, which is, like, going to be, for anyone who hate listens to this podcast, is certainly going to be, like, a fodder for them. But, like, I was better about, like, getting up and getting my hair done and doing stuff like that a while ago. Like, I was up at least once a week, like, out getting a blow dry or doing something that was, like, more integrated human activity and then, like, having a blow dry would be like, well, I should go out and see a friend because they just did my hair. Which, like, I think that's how, you know, people mock, like, you know, self-care isn't about, like, going to get a manicure, okay? Yeah. And it's like, well, you know what? For some people, if that's the dividing force to get out and enjoy human behavior, maybe that is fucking self-care. Um And, like, you know, self-care is a lot of different things. But I think that that can be a part of it. And for me, I think that, like, general upkeep and taking care of myself really helps my self-esteem and really makes me want to go out and, like, try that human interaction thing again, which I used to love so much and used to be such, like, a huge part of my identity, not – Not being around anyone, but being around my friends, you know, and I just find myself reaching out less and, you know, I do always think it's weird and this is just maybe me, but like, I think it's weird when people get a little hostile or feel, take it personally when you're not around as much. Like I've noticed, you know, there have been friends that like I'm just always on text with like we have a running text we check in once a day you know this boy problem where's that this thing where's that how is this thing going with work and sometimes they like retreat from that just because I don't really have anything to say and it's not because I don't care about my friend I just am like I don't have a lot to offer right now or I don't feel I don't feel the feeling picking up my phone that I normally do, which is, like, excitement and curiosity and, like, some, a little bit of dopamine from enjoying that friendship interaction. Like, I don't feel that right now. And I notice, like, certain people sort of pull away from me in a way that I feel has a little bit more permanence and weight to it than it should. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it's not about being... I just wish that, like, I sometimes feel like I I carry a guilt with me about being maybe a bad friend or a bad person in human relationships. When, on the other hand, when the people in my life have periods of time where they sort of retreat, I don't take it that way. I don't take it very personally. I just call someone else, you know, if I want to go out. And then I – but it's not like – oh, I'm going to go out with Ed because Christina hasn't picked up her phone. It's like, well, Christina's not really in a going out place right now, so I'll call Ed. You know, that's how I view it. But I think some people are like, oh, Molly ghosted. So because she ghosted, I have to go find new friends. And when Molly comes back around, 
we have to have a conversation about where she went. And it's like, if you know me, you know where I went is my bed. Like, yeah, yeah like I think you've been, you know what I mean, I mean, yeah, I think you've been transparent. I mean, I, I've been there with you over the last few years. So I know, right. I know you well enough to know what, when you, something's going on with you or when the you're just not feeling is, it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like bottomed out right yeah, now yeah, the yeah. way that I have. Like before I got on my most like recent medication, like there was a really fucking stalled period of time for me. Like, really stalled. And I just, like, was not... I wasn't capable of anything. And, you know, that's, like, being fully... You know, I actually was... I was working, but, like, that was all I... That was all I did. And I feel like, as opposed to previous, like, bouts of depression or whatever you want to call this, like, periods of downtime... uh, I don't feel like as hopeless as I have. And I think that's nice to be able to kind of experience, you know, not even depression, just like a damp soul. And like, it's nice to experience that and not have it be like a rock bottom situation, you know? Yeah. I just feel like, okay, like I'm in a staying home place and that's okay. And maybe in three months I'll be on the other side of that. And like, that sucks. I missed out on the beach all summer or whatever, but you know, I, I'll be okay in the fall or like, I'll be okay in August. You know, I just got to give it some time. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm writing a new thing, which I'm really excited about. And I think has a lot of possibility. I mean, I think that's what everyone hopes whenever they do something, but, um, I enjoy it, which is awesome. And, you know, working on the podcast and lifetime is, you know, I forgot as much as I even like cop to it, it's a lot of work and um, I'm doing that right now. And like being in season for that, it's hard to explain to people like, you know, something always has to give like when you take on a new project and it's a little bit hard to explain to people that like my goal is to just fulfill my obligation to not just my listeners and like Patreon supporters or whatever, but uh, lifetime, you know, I want to make sure that I keep them on board and then I get the most out of them that I can by showing up because it's a corporation. It's not the way that, you know, it's not the way that it is when I'm doing emotionally broken psychos and I miss an episode here or there. Yeah. Like this is a much more, uh, you have to deliver. I have to deliver. And I don't know why. I think it's almost, like, sad that I view it that way because I don't know why I should respect a company that's barely fucking paying me to do anything <laughs> over, let's say, you know, the loyal listeners who show up every single week to, to these shows. It, it can be a little weird to make your creative creative, creative uh, abilities uh, financially accountable. Yeah. Yeah. And also... I mean, well, that's my whole, that's like my whole job. Right. But that's the hard part about being a creative. Right. It's like you're kind of feel like you're at the mercy of this spirit inside you or that like can seem beyond reach sometimes. Right. You have to deliver because you have to pay bills. And either way, you're burning your name. Like, right. So if I'm less consistent with Emotionally Broken Psychos right now, that because I want to make sure that I keep my quote-unquote good name over at the Lifetime Movie Club, then I'm upsetting a fuck ton of people who donate to that Patreon. 
And like that's also why I backload that with so much extra content. It's like a been a great way to kind of build that whole thing out because there's so many other podcasts you can listen to if you you know don't listen to mine, but or if I'm not there. But either way, I mean, it's just thinking about it. I'm disappointing someone either way. Like, and I don't know why I value my reputation with the Lifetime Movie Club, which is essentially non-existent. But I guess I just don't want to make any enemies in in that end of business right now. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. It's a, I guess it's more, I guess it holds a little bit more weight. And like, I probably am thinking too much of the forgiveness of our listeners when I don't show up to a Patreon thing. And I'm thinking more about just like, ugh, the last thing I need is to like create another debacle for myself with a network or an entertainment company or, you know, this head of advertising at this thing. Like, I don't need to create that in my life. And in a weird way, that's backwards because I, I value my relationships with the people that are individuals that work hard and donate to the Patreon more than I should more than ultimately I should with anyone. Yeah. Because those are real... That's what Lifetime is trying to get. Like, I'm giving someone me so that they can have their own people versus looking after the people I do have. Yeah. Fuck. (laughs) So I'm not dating. (laughs) If that's what you're asking. No, I know. Uh, I'm not dating. I asked out my Lyft driver. (laughs) Okay, how did you do that? How'd it go? What was the... I went out with him. Was it like a Nissan... Wait. You went out with your Lyft driver? Yeah. Like, he picked you up to drive you to a restaurant that you requested? And and then you were like, hey, what are you doing? No, no. I, like, messaged him through the app. (laughs) When I got inside, (laughs) I was like, neither one of us wanted that conversation to end. And it was, like, kind of weird because I was like okay, thank you. And I was like, is he going to ask me out? And I was like, he can't ask me out. Like, he, like, that's probably, like, against the rules for him to do that. And it's, like, also super fucking creepy. Um, And I do know because I had a very loose-lipped Uber driver at one point who was like, yeah, like, the second day of training, I asked, like, are we allowed to fuck the customers? It was, like, this girl that she's, like, this raspy-voiced girl dropping us off. Oh, God. it's Yeah. Yeah, like, Memorial Day weekend somewhere. I think it was, like, the Red Lion. And she was like, I asked the first day, like, can I fuck the customers? And she's like, and my manager said, yeah, like, as long as it's consensual or something. It was really, like. We shouldn't be. I don't know if we should be laughing about this. No, I mean, if she's if she wants to, I think it's funny that first of all she asked. I love that it was a girl that asked. If it was a guy that asked, totally different story. <laughs> okay, so you asked him out, right? Or what happened? You you kind of like left the story there. So for I a laughed and I was like, okay, well, I don't think he's allowed to ask me out. I think that like, if I make the first move, that's okay. So. You know how, like, once you, like, go through your ride or whatever, I, like, tipped him. And then, like, I has not, like, it came up my ride history. And I messaged him. And I was just like, hey, I was like, I don't know if this is weird. I was like, this is Molly. Like, I was your last ride or whatever. I, uh, 
Because he's, like, a musician, and, like, he's, like, a touring musician, and, like, he's, like, I'm just, like, he's, like, no, I just am, like, off tour right now, and I don't know what to do, and he's, like, I thought this would be, like, kind of a fun, which, by the way, I never know if I believe anyone who says that, and they're, like, I don't know, I just thought it'd be fun. I'm, like, well, part of you really needed the money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... let's be real like you know bill gates isn't sitting around me like how do i fill the hours like (laughs) like there's plenty of ways to fill the hours and go to a hot yoga class go see oceans eight like i don't know oh i saw oceans eight i kind of i don't know how i feel about it really i wanted it to be better but i was happy yeah same time I mean, it's a tall order. Like, that legacy is pretty big. I love the Oceans movies, though. Like, that's... Also, the sexual tension between so many of the women and each other was palpable. Do you think that was directed or real? I, a little bit of both. Okay. A little bit of both. Do you think that was pandering a little bit? I wish they had pandered more. Okay. <laughs> like, you wish it had been more what's, overt? What's going on with Kate Blanchett and... Uh, Sandra Bullock's character. What is but that? like okay, they was it like was like, it like Rizzoli and Isles for all? Oh my for, God, I love Rizzoli and Isles. I'm saying like, is it Rizzoli and Isles where it is essentially like a show about two lesbians fighting crime, like for lack of better, or is it? It's like a Rizzoli and Isles light. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And like I'm telling you, plenty of people get off on Rizzoli and Isles. That's. I bet if you went to Tumblr, there'd be a lot of, like, Ocean 8's fanfic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's fanfic for Kate Blanchett alone. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so I asked my Lyft driver out, and... <laughs> you know me. Like, sometimes I just am, like... <laughs> I don't have, like, insane expectations. So you're telling me this? I'm not picturing any of it. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. I'm picturing it. Okay. Um, And I was picturing Ocean's 8, too, when you were talking <laughs> about central it. central tension. I just am like, what is that? Like a smoldering look between Rihanna and Mindy Kaling? Like, what's happening No, there? Sandra Bullock literally feeds Kate Blanchett, and it's like one of the most central moments. Ew. In the- <laughs> Did you not pick up on that? I didn't see it. I just oh. hate feeding. I hate feeding. Like, I really hate it. Like, so I was like, babe, give me a bite. I'm like, ew. I hate it. I don't know why. I think it's so gross to watch an adult. First of all, I think it's gross to watch anyone put anything in their mouth. But, like, it's really gross to watch an adult spoon food into another adult's mouth. Like, a baby, it's fine because, like, they don't have motor skills. But <laughs> feeding is really gross. They did it on Southern Charm this week. <laughs> like, this woman wanted a bite of food. She's like, Thomas, can I have a bite? And I just oh was like, oh, like, I wanted to vomit. It was so gross. Like, watching a grown-ass woman need help with a bite of food. <laughs> okay, so you asked, you asked, you asked, sorry. Ugh. I asked a my Lyft driver. Yes. And he got back to me, like, the next day. And he was like, hey, he's like, you know, thanks for, let's say his name's like Joey. He's like, hey, it's Joey. Like, thanks for, you know, hitting me up yesterday. Yeah, I would love to take you out and discuss like lesser known Massachusetts music venues. Because like, that's what we had been talking about that night. Well, you know, (laughs) this is who I am. Uh, So, (laughs) so, um, yeah, like we met up. 
I'm glad that you found someone for for that. Yeah. I'm happy for you. We met up and we went out <laughs> and we like got some drinks and then like he was like, um He's like, let's get some food. And like he started to list like all these like hipster spaces and I realized what he was doing. Which is he was like trying to pick kind of like a cool place to go when we both were like we're hungry. Yeah. And I was like, and I looked at him and I was like, do you want to just go to Buffalo Wild Wings? And he was like, you want to go to Buffalo Wild Wings? I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, let's go to Buffalo Wild Wings. He was all like amped on it. I was like, oh, that makes me, I mean, like good. Like good on men for knowing that, you know, just take some girl to Buffalo Wild Wings without like her suggesting it first. Yeah. Not on the first date. But it made me feel sad that he had spent, like, an hour and a half talking to me and still thought that I needed, like, an artisanal pizza to, like, talk to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. He like you're a fancy lady. Like, I would be like, would you see, like, by now, like, I'm down as fuck, and, like, I will absolutely... Like, I told him before I left, I said, I'm wearing a hoodie on this date, so, like, don't come too dressed up. Does he know you own this house? I don't think we got into it. Okay. I don't think we got into it. Okay. But that said, because I own a house, I should probably be going to Buffalo Wild Wings and not someplace with an artisanal no, pizza. No, I agree. But I think, it, like, if he knew that, maybe he thought you were, like... Fancy. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, he has to give you an Jokes artisanal pizza. Um, but, yeah, then, like, I think it got to that point where, like, you know, going to date is just, like, we'd make better friends than anything. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think we got to the point where we both were, like, well, fuck it. Let's just get drunk. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? And we were both, like, kind of, like, I had, like, three vodka sodas. <gasps> and then I was just, like, okay, I'm going to go home. And it, like, wasn't a big deal. And, like, I will say, guys out there listening, men or women, really, but if you are, if you play the dominant role in a relationship of any kind, you fucking make sure your person gets into an Uber before you leave. Like the last guy I dated, I realized, like, the little mini relationship I had that led to his small fucking breakdown um, in a Chicago Airbnb. Uh, <laughs> always a great place to have something blow up in your face. Uh, <laughs> seriously. Um it's a great place to take a pie in the face. But, like, I um, I, the, I realize now, looking back, he never opened a door for me. Some people would say that's not a big deal. I'm used to that. Like, any guy I've dated that's, like, worth his salt, or even most of them who aren't worth their salt, uh, most guys I've dated know that I'm the kind of girl that, like, go open the fucking door for me. Like, why wouldn't you? Yeah. If you can, why wouldn't you? Um, and... I look back on our first date, the guy who melted down in an Airbnb, and he, his Uber got there before mine, and he just was like, okay, have a good night, and he got into his Uber without me being in one. And the point is not like, oh, yeah, he should have gone in for the kiss, or he should have waited for my, like, no, the point is like, you just don't leave a lady standing out on the street. I mean, I agree. Yeah. To a certain extent. Um, I think that goes for when you're the most sober person in a group of drunk people, too. It was, yeah, oh, oh, definitely. But, like, I'm talking, like, my personal hetero-ass dating standards. <laughs> I like a guy to wait for me to get into the car. 
just out of politeness. Like, literally, like, a guy just, like, I'm supposed to respect a man that, like, just fucking takes off in a car, leaving me on the street after a date. Not because I'm, like, scared of the street. It's, like, the Griffin. That's, by the way, that's where I take my hose, the Griffin in Los Feliz. That's where... <laughs> oh, no. That's true. That's all... that's my first date spot. Why? Because I can smoke outside. Two, because it's cheap. Three, because if I'm really hungry, we can go to the Morrison. There's yeah. a package store next door if I want candy. All the things I like in life are right there by the Griffin. There's the Tam Shander across the street. My weed store is not far. Anything you could possibly need on a first date. So, um... You know, to leave me on the sidewalk outside of the Griffin after our first date, that's telling of, like, where things are going to go or where a person's head's at with what's normal in so dating. when you, you – but you kept going. Yeah. You kept dating him. Why? Because everything else was okay. And I was, like, this small, like, lack of chivalry. It, it didn't really become a red flag until I was, like, in it. And – and then when I was in it, and there was, like, a little bit at the beginning of when we were dating that he had, like, kind of, like, a vintage car, and his car wasn't working. Um, and that was – oh, no, he lost the key to his car, which is a total fluke, like, freak accident. He wasn't drunk. He, like, literally just, like, left it somewhere by accident, which I wasn't going to judge because that happens. I lost my ID at the airport. Oh. Yeah. Bef- where? And when I was in Minnesota. So you got to go home with it or? No, I had, had to go through extra like TSA stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. That's a good nightmare. I mean, yeah, it sucks. I, I It was expiring next month anyway. So I re- just renewed it, but I have to go to the DMV and get that shit sorted out. So I have to go to the, I just realized my Massachusetts ID is finally going to expire soon. So I have to work on that. But, um. Yeah, like, I hadn't ridden in his car, so, like, for, like, the first month of us dating, and when his car was finally working, and we were about to go somewhere in it, because a lot of times, like, we were Ubering, because we were going on a date or something, we we're going to have wine with dinner, um, when I realized when his car was working that he wasn't opening the door for me, I was like, oh, this all goes back to, like, he's never opened the car door for you. And it kind of hit me. And I'm like, wait, he didn't even wait for you to get in your Uber the first time. And, like, it all kind of makes sense now, like, when we broke up, why he just turned into, like, a demon. Like, oh, I've never seen – I literally was thinking of it last night because, like, one thing about that whole breakup thing was that, like, there wasn't a lot to process yeah. because it was just so bad. Like, it was so great. And then it was, like – turned out a fucking dime and um when someone <clears throat> thankfully because of my new medication um <clears throat> i finally realized that i've been living an entire life of watching people turn on dimes and then like trying to fix it or trying to understand what went wrong whereas opposed to like with this thing i just was like oh that's a crazy person behavior like no one fucking acts like that like and if by the way, like if it's not if he's not crazy, it still doesn't have anything to do with me. Like that's not about like I just have never seen someone progress like that, you know? And so um 
you know, I've definitely like seen guys turn over long periods of time, but never in a five minute situation. And so I was thinking about it last night and, um, I forget really why I was saying, saying that except to say that I've just never seen someone be so unexplicably mean. Like just like, it's like you can't, I couldn't categorize it. I couldn't relate to it. I couldn't, it was just like so mean and it was like, it's difficult to like give that energy, but I was, I don't forget how, why I was saying that except to say that like last night I was thinking about like, there was no other option there. Like there's nothing to say to that person. There's nothing like, because I've never seen behavior like that and it's not, and thankfully it's not affecting me. Yeah. But typically in relationships to speak to your point, point about going forward, like not only did I like miss that red flag at the beginning, and, like, all of a sudden I was able to collect red flags, like, going back through my mind. Um, I – yeah, I I think that in normal and previous relationships, like, before – now I feel like I have a new lease on life. Like, I am understanding, like, every emotion differently. Like, nothing's that big of a fucking deal. And not in a bad way. Not in, like, a scary, like – Oh, but if I take antidepressants, like I'll lose my creativity or something. No, I don't feel that way. Like I just feel like I've had – the reason why everything's been a big fucking deal my whole life is because there's something off with me. And um, there have been relationships where something like that would happen where someone would turn on a dime, maybe not as quickly, but turn, turn on a quarter. And I – would try and make it work anyway. And that was, that was, that hit hard this week when I was reading that Chris Hardwick thing. Did you read that? Mm-hmm. Ed read that too. And he was like, that's very similar to some experiences you've had. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, uh, it's interesting it's it's so it's so interesting that there's all this dialogue finally happening and the girl who wrote that piece um is very brave and i think that the world was ready to hear that about chris hardwick as well i think that that's she doesn't explicitly name him in no piece. no you're right her boyfriend has uh though and and also uh he he acknowledged it Chris Hardwick made a statement. Yeah. Basically saying that it was about him. Mm-hmm. But that he doesn't recall the events being that way. Um, right. Which right. is hard to imagine. Um, something as so many situations within that being as uh, as as large scale events like the uh, pregnancy, for example. It's hard for me to imagine that he has a different memory of that entire situation than she does. Right. But I think that, you know, that was well received. And I think that obviously, you know, the more we found out, the more there's a lot of people that don't like him very much. And we're, I don't know. I do, I do sometimes think that people delight a little bit too much in this stuff. Yeah. Where it's like, good. You know, he fucked me over. But 
Yeah, there's a lot going on in the news right now in terms of relationships and everything else that I've really been thinking about because I can see a lot of myself in them and I think that that's also made me kind of want to curb dating. One, I don't feel great about myself. I gained like 12 pounds like this year and I think 10 of them easily were in Japan. The food's so fucking good and even like the food that's like kind of nasty is still so fucking good. Um, And the candy... Um, but I also just haven't been out, you know what I mean? Like yeah. even just like kind of like, it's not like I was ever like a big power walker or something, but I'm not even taking like light strolls around Atwater right now, which is, yeah. you know, those are, it's hard. I always like laugh at myself when I try and make it a goal. Cause it's like, not that it's a sad goal. It's just, I know I'm not going to do it. I already know how easy it is to just go walk around Atwater. I just don't do it. And so I don't know why I think like, oh, if you make it a goal, like, no, now I'm just disappointing myself because I know I'm not going to meet the goal. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. I'm just trying to give you the space to talk. Well, the other thing I want to talk about. I'm listening. Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande. (laughs) (laughs) Because... That is a relationship I've been in, too, minus the $100,000 engagement <laughs> ring. I have been in that fast-forward relationship. I was going to ask you. I actually want to know this question. I have a question for you. I was thinking yes, about this that relationship no, no, was no, no, exactly no. like that. Oh. No, no, no. This is, this is the question I want to ask you. No, I, I know. Being a person who falls in love fast, right? Yeah. Do you think it's disingenuous when you do? No, or is it real every single time? I think it's I think it's mental illness. I mean, like, here's the thing is that, like, I also haven't been like, OK, so I was in love with that last guy I was dating. I felt for him very deeply and I cared about him a lot. And I am a monogamous person and that, like, when something's kind of going a certain way very quickly, I'm just like, I don't want to see other people, you know, so like that, you know, maybe that can appear as a love feeling or something, but it's not. Or you can be really excited about someone. But I would say that, like, after that one relationship several years back, like, I pretty much figured out that, like, yeah, no, it's, like, very mentally ill. And, like, that is, I think that has... Now that I feel more even, which is why I was able to recognize that that breakup was so scary that it was not something to even, like, try and, like, talk about. There's nothing yeah. to talk about right, right, right. when it's that bad. Whereas, like, my whole life I'd be like, there's something to talk about here. Let's, like, figure this out. I don't want to end on bad terms. You know, we had fun when we were together. Like, let's not just become assholes to each other, right? Yeah. Um, And... What I will say, though, is that, like, that fast start hasn't happened. That didn't happen necessarily with that guy. We got together really quickly, but it wasn't, like, love feelings or, like, I'm going to marry this guy or anything else. So, like, by the time we broke up, I was, like, I was, like, in love with him, but I had love for him very much, you know, which is why I was so disappointed to see it fall apart. In three seconds. 
because I like wanted better for him than that. Like I was like, are you fucking insane? Like I'm your girlfriend. Like, do you know what you were doing three months ago? Not having a girlfriend who had like, you know, who has stuff going on in her life and who is a nice person. And I'm a very good girlfriend. I know that to be true of myself. So like, yeah. Um, but I will say that their relationship does remind me of like a very under-medicated, under-therapized version of myself. And these are basically like kids with money. That's another reason why it's on fast forward. I feel like more kids would run out and get married after a month than if they had sort of like the pocketbooks that they were running around with. You know what I mean? Yeah, 24-year-olds. Yeah, they're 24. They're, you know, millionaires. Like, you know, people are doing a lot. People are doing the most with like, oh, Pete Davidson. Like, how does he afford that? Like, yeah. SNL salaries are notoriously not great. And I don't know if they get residuals from that or not. I would assume that they don't just because that would be a bigger conversation in terms of what their worths are. But those are things that are run over and over again. Um, Additionally, like Pete Davidson tours colleges, like that's 30 bucks, 30,000 bucks in and out, like in a weekend, like he, you know, does stand up all the time. He's has bit parts in movies. He had a comedy central special. He does advertising and stuff like that. So like, he's okay. Like he's doing great. I don't know why people think he's like some broke person and people are also floating. I saw someone float. That there was like, because his dad was a 9-11 firefighter, that he might have some sort of pension as well. Like from his dad, like he might have his dad's pension or something. Or like oh. maybe that, you know, because like I know that a lot of the money that was raised went to the families yeah. of victims. And I would assume that the firefighters were, <clears throat> if not heavily, some of the first included in that. Yeah. So that there might be. You know, uh, yeah, I have some, no idea. Yeah. I, I should know more about it, but I don't. But I don't. I mean, it, I think that none of that's truly transparent information anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, like, I mean, I look at them as two kids who are in the physical primes of their life. The, you know, they're financially doing great. They're on top of the world. They're both in sort of like career highlights right now. Um, and, you know... And we know at least one party in the relationship deals with borderline. Um, and well, obviously, like while while it's treated and medicated, there's a lot of progress that can be made with borderline. I will say that there's something incredibly manic about this relationship that uh, not only do I see parts of my old self in, but is very concerning to me. Like, because I think that this is how, you know, I get it. Like, you get very, um, here's the thing. If he hadn't also been in a relationship probably a week prior to them getting together, mm-hmm. it would be a different conversation. It reminds me of that old, that narcissistic cycle that sometimes people go through. I read this week in the Emotion Broken Cycle, it's called, like, the Hoover Maneuver, which is basically just like you when you're on a high and you're like getting the most out of a situation that you can great but like when it's over it's fucking over 
And you know that I lived that. And it was very, very painful. And it's like a very typical, I guess, thing. It's like some people call it also like the, there's a, a narcissist something cycle where it's basically just like there's the period of crazy love and, you know, worship and a person can't help but get wrapped up in that when someone's like, I love you and like you're the best person and like it's only been a week but you're probably the best person I've met and will ever meet. Um, and then there's like obviously like a discard stage where the person's just like, okay, but like that's over now. And if I hadn't, if I feel like we hadn't just seen him do that with someone, I would be less worried about the situation. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm also a big believer in like, I, first of all, I can't stop consuming information about this relationship. I'm like obsessed (laughs) with it. I check their Instagram every day. Um, because I just like one again, because I see so much of myself in it, but two, it's like kind of exciting. Like we don't see this mess anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like we don't get treated (laughs) to things like this anymore. Like, I wouldn't say it's, like, on the level of, like, waking up every morning to a new Mel Gibson voicemail. But, like, it is, like, kind of, like, that sort of, we never get that gratification from media where it's, like, fuck, like, there's another thing today. Oh, my God. And that is, that is, for me, the fun part of pop culture. So it's nice to be able to experience that again. But it's also, I don't know, man. What do you think about it? See, I'm more of a fan of the pop culture moments like the Drake and Pusha T thing happening and like Beyonce dropping an entire album with Jay-Z. Well, those are different categories. I don't get excited about like the Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson's of the of the world. You don't like the mess ever? It's just I feel like well, it's none of my Drake business. Drake and Pusha T are a mess too. Yeah. What do you mean? They're making it our business. How so? Because they're posting about it on social media every day. But that's how people live their lives now. Right. Regardless if they're, like, famous or not. How is that different than Drake and Pusha T? Because there's a song involved? I guess so, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's... I feel like it's pretty similar. This is the art that they're, like, presenting to the world. Yes, I think that... I I do think that there's an element of performance to it. And, like... And... And I think that that's also might be, like... Oh, so you think it's, like, they're presenting this thing... Yeah, for the attention. Yeah, I don't yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that they're fine. I don't know how long this was going on between them. In my mind, it has emotional affair written all over it because I know they were both in relationships no less than 2 weeks prior to them getting together, like so, some timelines between them. You they were broken up. Uh Cassie and Pete were broken up for 3 days um before this started. And Cassie and Pete were very um, open about their relationship and very public about it. And, you know, like you, I'm sure you have a couple that like you love their love or like you're interested in their love, you know? Um, I've experienced that on, on a on a microscopic scale and I see how invested people get in your relationship. Um so I think that when it's like messy like this and there's like four major players like Mac Miller, Larry David's daughter, Ariana Grande, one of the biggest pop stars in the world, and Pete Davidson, who's like this fucking adorable, goofy comedian who's open about his mental illness and like issues with like substance and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's those are some fucking amazing major players. And is it like, is it, you know... 
poor Shakespeare at best. Yeah. But it's like awesome. And I don't and I and I think that I can enjoy that and the and the Degrassi video and Push a Tree and Drake and also Beyonce, which by the way, I'll say honestly, Ape Shit, beautiful video, loved it, loved the lyrics, didn't really love the song. And like I think that at, uh, I'm sitting here in a Beyonce uh, Coachella sweatshirt right now. Molly and I have a difference of opinion. Just, you, I just want to like state that. I you, just want to state that. You could I say make it clear. you could just say it. Just say that you liked it. I liked it. Yeah, I liked all of it. Do you like? I the, thought it was great. Is the beat there for you? Yeah. Like I see that was what was missing. And the for visuals me. were amazing. But that's the video. I liked the video. Right. I I, I liked all of it. Yeah. I think it, it, it. I. I felt something. I don't know. I just, it, it worked for me. I like, I like the video and I like the lyrics. The beat Skirt. wasn't there for me. Yeah. I mean, that's always a fun noise in hip hop, but like, I, I just, the, um, the beat wasn't there for me. And like, honestly, it's tough because I think more people who listen to this show know me as like a huge Beyonce stand. But like what you she's also she's literally don't know, sitting in a Beyonce sweatshirt right now. But what you were a limited edition Coachella Beyonce sweatshirt, which I didn't even go. Uh, but I, I got this. Um, but I, uh, I am equally a fan of Jay. Like his old music is the soundtrack to my life. You know, like his first probably five albums were like everything to me. Like even watch the throne was like fantastic. And then after that, he's just really like fallen off for me. And I kind of don't, I kind of like. In relation to Beyonce, I don't care about him like that. And I don't care about Jay. And I don't care about Jay as as he relates to Beyonce. And, like, I, I don't – I would rather have new music from either or. But not – I don't need an album of the two of them. And I think that that – I think if a lot – I think if a lot of Beyonce fans are being honest with themselves, they would subtract the Jay-Z – from that i've seen so many tweets that are like skip like like memes and shit that's like me skipping the jay-z parts of the beyonce and jay-z album right and because he's there he has influence on everything from the production to the lyrics to the execution and like i think everyone likes to think that you know beyonce is running the show and she probably is but anytime you collaborate like that's the collaboration is there's two people and for some reason i just don't think they i don't think they hold each other up in the right way in their music i feel like they both come down a little bit did you listen to the whole album no i'm not getting title <laughs> i think you would need to view it in a larger context before making a decision like do they that. all have videos or is it just the one video just the one video for right now i think yeah, I mean, I'm I'm impressed by the video. I don't think it gets more impressive than filming at the Louvre. Like, I mean, <laughs> my gosh, it's a huge fuck you like, to everyone. Like, it's just literally like everyone. Yeah, like, you f- wish. I had a moment where I was like, "Are they in the fucking Vatican?" Like, first, <laughs> that's the next one, right? And like, at first, when I saw the series, I was like, "Wait a minute, are they in the fucking Vatican?" And I was like, "There's no way that like we wouldn't know that they spent today shooting in the Vatican," yeah. but. They did do something. I don't know if those, like, I don't know. I'm not going to the tour, I don't think. If I fall into some tickets, I will. But cut to when it's in Los Angeles. I'm going to the concert tomorrow. I mean, I will be excited if I do. You know what? Also, I love seeing Jay anytime I can. I mean, he is the soundtrack to my life, like, as I said, much more so than Beyonce, just because I've known him longer. Um, But yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. 
I, I don't know. And like, and I, I'm okay with someone being mad at me for saying that. I mean, it's, I'm not saying Beyonce isn't the greatest entertainer of all time that I haven't rabidly eaten up everything else she's done. You have a lemon tattoo. I have a fucking lemonade tattoo. You're right. So there's that. But, um, yeah, I just, not for me, not for me, this new album. Um, I don't know. I feel like, is there anything else we should say to our people before we kind of, I mean, do we let people know where we're at? I think we are you dating anyone? I'm not dating anyone, but I'm much more open to it. Are you on the apps? I am on Tinder. Nice. But I've been like meeting people. That's great. Yeah. Where? Like out? At, yeah, out. At, like I've been getting more invitations to like go out and like mixer, social mixers, like semi-professional. Yeah. Yeah. And so like I've just meet, met people there. Would you date just... someone in your field? I think about it sometimes because I think there's a lot less I would have to explain about like sharing my work with someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like creatively. I know exactly what you mean. So like I do think about that. But um, I don't know. I feel like that would be complicated. Yeah, definitely doesn't make things easier. Like, you know, but at the same time, it does. It's it's such a small world. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm I'm in the same boat in that, like, I, it also, I've tried to date people who are in different professions. And I just feel like, I mean, I have a hard time explaining to my mom what I do, let alone some, like, new guy who works in an entirely different part of like the universe you know and I feel like as you said like it's it's nice to not have to explain to someone like okay this thing doesn't look like work but it's work you know or like sometimes a lot of times like when I'm writing or something like part of my assignment will be to like watch a ton of movies right that like have to have to do with that sort of thing if you're writing like there's someone I read someone say once that they would see Jordan Peele like just like watching The Shining over and over again when they were he was writing um, Get Out, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I'm so glad that's on the record somewhere because then I can say, no, literally, someone saw Jordan Peele like watching The Shining like every day when he was writing Get Out, and like that is a part of this is like if you want to know your world you have to see the worlds before yours you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah and to a to a layman to like someone else who's not in this business <clears throat> looks like you're just watching a fuck ton of movies and like <laughs> and and you know i know that so many other people see movies as like escapism but like if anything writing in particular has really ruined entertainment <laughs> Me. I bet because I you're can't like, just, you're like just analyzing it. I'm just yeah. That's how I feel about listening to podcasts sometimes. Exactly. I'm like, oh, this music came in weird. Oh, I wouldn't yeah. have picked this. Yeah. Like, oh, I see what they did there. They're layering a lot of different noises. It's amazing. I can't like listen like a regular person listens to the podcast anymore. Right. You just start dissecting it. And so I understand like what you mean, where it's like you have this, you can have this unique connection with someone. Yeah. The other- like where you like mention a show and you both know the name of the show and you know the exact episode in the moment that you're talking about that was like that shit is dope. I know someone who works on that show. Oh, I know that person too. Yeah. Like yeah. But then the meltdown of that can be cuz like statistically most relationships do not work. Yeah. Uh you know, you screw around with enough people well, I haven't, very I haven't small... really done that yet. So. No, I know, but yeah. I'm saying one does. Yeah. Eventually, a small pond becomes way too small. 
becomes a fucking field of X's. It's just you, one big fat fish <laughs> with like some tiny ass goldfish underneath you. That's what it starts to feel like. Yeah. Because you're like, well, I ate all the other fish. You're like, oh, I, this party is filled with X's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't go to this conference anymore. Yeah. <laughs> there are plenty of parties I won't go to because I'm like, oh, I don't want to risk that. Yeah. You know? But what's nice is how many people look like shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's the other thing is that I've seen some exes lately that I'm just like, you look like fucking shit. And I'm like, well, you don't look great either. Like you, (laughs) you looked better and you're sitting in your own life yourself, Miss McAleer. So (laughs) do you feel like you're winning though? Always. (laughs) <laughs> always because like I know that they're not going to change and I do I always change they don't <laughs> it's true especially like with men in particular it's very rare that you see a lot of massive growth out of a straight man all of a sudden you know yeah. what I mean they're just not as inclined to I really do wonder what the fuck a therapist says to a straight guy because I know with girls <laughs> what we're doing do you know what I mean we're all in there Figuring out how to apologize less, figuring out how to ask for what we want, figuring out how to not have such like a harsh emotional reaction when this happens or when that happens. And I know that this like will, you know, probably like the hashtag equality police are out there somewhere being like, that's not true. Men, but it's not. It is true. Like there aren't men don't walk into therapy and say like, why do I feel so bad asking for what I deserve? I don't think that that's as much of a question that they ask. And so I do wonder, what the fuck do they talk about? And if I was a therapist, would I be able to take a straight man very seriously? I feel like I'd be, if I was myself as a therapist, I feel like I'd be like, you're, you're fine. You're going to be fine. <laughs> just try not to, just try not to make the wrong decisions. Yeah. I, I mean, I see where you're coming from with that. But I mean, I also know that like, there's a lot that men struggle with too. Sure. I just like to know what it is. They're also sexual assault survivors? Sure. Or sexual molestation survivors? Sure, sure. Sure. Or you know, they have had alcoholic parents like And I'm not talking about those ones. Right, but I'm, th- I'm saying about... that like that a lot of those ones exist more yeah, than Yeah, no, yeah. I know. I know. And I'm talking about like, you know, my exes that were not molested and are just fucking dipshits. Like <laughs> I, I'm saying, like, what do they talk about in therapy? And yeah, I, know, I have no idea. I know it's something. You know what I mean? Maybe it's like... I think it's a lot of victim-y shit. Like, I, when I picture most of the guys I know, like, let's say, like, I'll give you... Like, what does he talk about in therapy? Victimhood? Like, I literally, like, would have such a hard time. Like, you have to go to a guy at that point. Yeah. Because that's the only other person that's going to entertain you. <laughs> oh, Wax is, like, going into this box. What's in there? I don't know. You got toys in there? Oh, his bed. Oh. Oh, he just said, oh, he likes it. Oh, he likes it in the box? Yeah. What's in the box? Okay, you guys. Well, we hope this was a decent catch-up episode. I uh, would love to hear your thoughts on our thoughts. Uh, Maybe the therapy thing in particular. Um, What if we had a therapist and just like... (laughs) I know therapists. Talk Do you want to me to? One of my old interns is a therapist, Michelle. She's up in uh, San Francisco. She actually listens to the show. Michelle, do you want to do like a, a call in with us and uh, 
maybe Christina and I will go to therapy together, but then you can also tell us what guys <laughs> oh, talk we about. We have our therapy. couples therapy. Yeah, we should do couples therapy on air. <laughs> I think that would be fun. We don't have enough to like fight about, I don't think. Do we? <laughs> no. No. So like I mean that's part of a bigger conversation if we're if we do. But, Actually, Molly. No, I'm just I know. Uh no, we're pretty like we do a good job of being aware and then also just like talking about it. Yeah. Our relationship has evolved. Yeah. 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 Um, well, you guys, that was episode 168 of Please Advise. Tune in next week for another episode of Just Me and Christina answering your questions and calls. We always need your questions and calls. 323-450-7408. I have been not so great about booking this show, but also it's summer. It's always harder to find guests during summer because of people's travel schedules. So, um, just a heads up on that. Uh, if we will be back with more guests very soon, um, we're not... People aren't turning the show down, okay? A lot of people are on vacation. And also, I don't really know who to book right now. I kind of don't want randoms in my house. No, I get it. Well, we'll come up with some ideas. I was thinking we should rent a WeWorks. Okay. What if I just rented a WeWorks for all my different podcasts? Uh, I would ask, we'll, we'll talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because we gotta uh, we gotta run some numbers. Because Mich- well, Michelle Collins does hers in a WeWorks, and between my three, I wonder if I just had a place to go or I had to do it, it would be better. They could be expensive though. Yeah, but if Michelle Collins could rent one in Dumbo, then I feel like I can rent one at Glendale. <laughs> okay. Anyway, are right, you guys three two three four five zero seven four zero eight? Give us a call. Your emails go to askpleaseadvise at gmail.com. We also love it when you send your voice notes there because they sound really good. Michelle, my old intern, hit us up. I want to have you on to talk about therapy with us. And if you guys are guys and you know what you talk about in therapy, why don't you tell us? Um, besides, you know, we know obviously that there's plenty of sexual assault survivors and people who are dealing with childhood trauma and stuff like that. You guys You've gone through enough. I'm not so much interested in that. I just want some plain-ass white boy who who has no fucking problems in his life to call and tell me what he talks about in therapy. Um, Christina, I love you. I love you, Molly. Shout out. Please advise Nation. I'll talk to you. I love you. Please advise Nation. We love you. Appreciate it. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. ASMR is gross. (laughs) Um, All right. Bye.